I'm late today. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. And um, I, I'm a little bit late because uh, we had a guest on our team call today. And so anyway, welcome to the 15-Minute Rev. I am Dr. Missy Hood. And oh, boy, do I have a word for you today. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. And I didn't even know it was going to go this way, which is so interesting because I was thinking to myself all morning, it's like I've been in a rest mode all day. And so I've been thinking, you know, it seems like such a quiet Friday. It just seems like it's just one of those quiet Fridays. It's kind of raining here right now. And they're anticipating more rain tonight and tomorrow. And I know it's raining in other parts of Texas right now, but it's just one of those quiet rainy days, you know? And so I've been waiting all morning, waiting for God, thinking, waiting for God to show up. And the Lord says, I've got a word for you. Because I was getting kind of panicked, thinking, you know, Lord, you're not really putting anything in my spirit. He said, yeah, I am. He said, I've got a word for you. And when I got into the word, oh boy, does he have a word. Oh my goodness. And it's been like jam-packed all week long. And if I could tell you about my whole week, I would. But I'm just going to tell you about this portion because it pertains to you. But this is the title for the day's 15-minute rep. It's called The Holy Watchers, The Watchmen at Rest, and High-Level Presence. The Holy Watchers, Watchmen at Rest, in high-level presence. Oh, my goodness. So, this is what God is saying right now. He's saying, The Holy Watchers, based on Daniel 4.23, have been dispersed around part of the remnant that is operating in the fourth stream to guard our pathways forward. But this time, they won't allow the interruptions to occur as in times past. Because God is teaching us how to stand he had been teaching us how to stand in times past or past seasons. But this new season is going to be like being on a sailboat, says the Lord, starting in January. And until then, the Lord says, learn to rest in the boat as the next three months will be a time of resting. And what do the holy watchers do? What do holy watchers do? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, it is. Is it frozen? Hold on one second. Open the widget. Oh, man. Poor. Can you hear me? Did it freeze? Hold on. I may have started. Did it? Did it freeze? Hello? I may have to get off and come back on. It's okay. I'll do that. I don't care. The devil can, you know what. But, um, can you hear me? Is it okay? Can somebody let me know? Hmm. Um, can somebody let me know? Okay, good job. Thank you, guys. Okay, fine. We're going to get back to it. But this is what the Lord says. Do you want me to reread that part then? I'm going to reread that, that word. So the holy watchers, based on Daniel 4.23, have been dispersed around part of the remnant that is chosen to operate in the fourth stream, going into the unknown with Christ, to guard our pathways forward this time. Because in past seasons, interruptions were allowed to occur. And that was because God was teaching us how to stand and, and how to stand against all the interruptions that the devil was trying to create around us to hinder our movement forward. But the Lord says this new season is going to be like being on a sailboat starting in January. And until then, which means once January occurs, we're going to start flying forward. You're going to start flying forward if you are obedient in past seasons and coming forward. So what do holy watchers do? This is the most interesting part of the word we was talking about today. 
they oversee things and they oversee people. Holy watchers are sent in by God himself as oracles and overseers. They're brought in to oversee the watchmen. They're helping us to stay in position because in times past, the enemy kept interrupting us and interrupting us. And so they're here to give oversight and protection to the overseers, the true watchmen and watch or women watchmen of God. So I, I really was sensing them actually being placed. And I'm going to get into that here in a second too, but they're being posted on the international federal state, city, county, and personal level, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So what is the witchcraft up to? With where you're now standing. The enemy is gearing up for Halloween. After their Muban. Head of the year. Which is their way of trying to open more portals of death. Over our society. Remember that as the light gets lighter. The darkness is getting darker. But the Lord says. There's more truth marching on. Than ever before. The truth because Christ's presence. Is coming nearer to our vessels now. For the people that have chosen to come up the mountain. And as we've chosen to come closer to God, he can't help but show up in truth if we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us. So, and also the Lord's saying, remember in this hour, the enemy's always going to try to copy me by bringing in more darkness as I bring in the light because he's trying to thwart my moves as my people come higher. Which brings me actually to the word and the word is so cool today. So it's based on Isaiah 62, 6 through 6525 and it's called the posted watchman the posted watchman and the lord says now that i've shown you or shown america what got us into this position i've been teaching you how to oversee your lands correctly okay and the lord says i only allowed the enemy to hit you for a season until i could correctly position you or position my warriors back in place back in place over families over my family, my church, says the Lord. That's my main focus as the bride, but also over this nation. I've been teaching you how to stand, how to endure, how to persevere, how to be stretched in your faith like never before. And right when you thought you couldn't be stretched anymore, the Lord said, I stretched you because I knew what you could handle. And I never give you more than you can handle. So the Lord says, although things might seem bleak or look bleak right now, the Lord says to watch, watchmen, watch. For as you've been faithful, so shall I be faithful on your behalf, as I've positioned my holy watchers over this nation once again. We want those holy angels over the nation because they're bringing in protection. And the Lord says, watch, as I've begun turning the tables against the enemies of God. Watch. For my sentinels have been sent in to guard you and your lands. And what was once lost will now be returned to you. What is a sentinel? The Lord told me to look up that word. A sentinel means to watch over something. And then I looked up synonyms for sentinels. This is the synonym meanings for sentinel. They're custodians. They're guards or guardians. They're keepers. They're lookouts. They're, they mind the Lord's business. Uh, they're sentries. They're called wardens, warders, watch, watchers, or watchmen. That's what the Lord is saying. So God is saying in this season, within the courtyards of this temple, you will drink the wine that you have pressed. 
So prepare the highway for God's people to return as the Lord has sent this message to every land. Is it doing it again? For look, your Savior's coming. As this people, the USA, will be known as a people no longer forsaken by the Lord. Can you hear me okay, guys? Because it's telling me I've got poor frequency, keyframe frequency, for some crazy reason. Can somebody let me know? But I'm going to keep going. So the Lord says, I'm marching in the greatness of my strength. And my truth is definitely marching on. And the Lord says, you will no longer be known as a people forsaken by the Lord, but you're going to be known as a people of the Lord. Praise God. He's telling me on my end something different. Thanks, James. So as you've entered into a new level in Christ, there's a new presence on this group of people that have chosen to come forward. And because you chose to come forward, you were able to break through into a new level of love. A new level of authority in love and an ability to love again like we were once able to before God drew his presence away. Do you realize that's what happened about 30 years ago? Because of all the, the, the portals that had been opened by the demonic and the witchcraft and the Satanism, they'd purposely opened up portals over the land to allow Jezebel in, to allow all these demonic entities in, which would pollute God's people. That's Jezebel's main focus, by the way. Jezebel is the front runner for the Antichrist spirit where Elijah was the front runner for Jesus Christ. Okay, so the enemy sent in his front runner to try to combat God's front runners. Remember the move of Elijah about 20 years ago? And it's been on and off as different generations rise up. They enter into that mantle. But the spirit of Jezebel was very purposefully released over this nation to make its way up into the highest office of the nation. Hello, D.C.'s the head, Florida and California the feet, Kansas City's the heart, Texas is the womb, W-O-M-B of the nation. So it was trying to get into the head of the nation, the government mountain, to where it could trickle down its bitterness on all people. That's how it spreads itself, out of the bitterness of soul, the bitterness of heart. The spirit of bitterness is what allows that demon to come into a vessel and operate on a vessel. So that demon then tries to go get into the highest platform or, or get on the create the biggest platform that it can to affect the biggest people group by its words that it speaks and, and its different things that it that it uh, talks about or whatever it, it's looking for a huge platform because out of the heart flow the issues of life and the devil knew this so it was out to pollute you watchman it was out to pollute the front runners because if we're polluted we're ineffective did you know that? If we're polluted, we're ineffective. And that means that our faith doesn't work. No love, no faith. If you've got bitterness of soul, your faith is polluted. And it's out to pollute the church. So if you see people operating in the spirit, that's why the Bible says not to ever tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. Because it will pollute your church. It will pollute your prayer teams. It will pollute your prophets. It will skew the word. And then one and I kind of got off here, but I'm going to go here. The The major objective of Jezebel is to pollute the prophets because the prophets are the eyes of Jesus. Okay. And so if you have somebody that's not willing to get free and they're refusing or in denial of their own heart condition, then God's saying, don't tolerate that. They can't serve in that capacity because they'll pollute my heart, my people's hearts, and they'll pollute 
the vision of that house. Because Jezebel's always thwarting authority. It's always bucking authority. It's always got a hidden agenda. And it's usually the devil's, always. And that's why we're called not to tolerate it. But this people group that made it into this fourth stream that was stated in Sukkot by Kurt Landry, and I actually, with respect to him, think it's just two streams because you're either on or you're off. I mean, as far as for the Lord, you're either going to come up the mountain and you're obeying or you're not. That's that's the only two things you can do, to my, in my opinion. But the people group that chose to come up and they chose to get free are operating in a brand new authority in love. And if you haven't noticed the love that you feel in your vessel right now, it, it's such a good feeling because it's like we're getting back to the way things not looking back, but we're back in the spirit of love like we started off in as a child where our hearts weren't as jaded or as broken and as wounded. And so it's a wonderful feeling when you feel his presence around you like that. So you're able to love like you used to love before God drew his presence away. And so this is what happened 30 years ago uh, because of personal sin or because of generational cursings that operated around us or because of the spirit of Jezebel that came in. And because God can't dwell where sin is, he had no choice but to draw his spirit back. So the devil knew that's what it would cause to pull your protection away. That was his main objective. He wanted front runners to have no protection so that he could attack and attack and attack to keep you from accomplishing what God had called you in the earth to do. But this new high-level group of watchmen and women are now standing in one of the tallest places of God's mountain that we've ever stood on before ever and the lord says when we walked closely with the lord before this is what it feels like to be back again and it's indeed such a wonderful feeling and it's indeed going to be a wonderful holiday season for those who have chosen to get free so they could come higher in love and the lord is asking these new watchmen why are your clothes so red why are your clothes so red because it looks as though you've been treading the wine press alone, says the Lord, as though no one was there to help you. And the Lord says, this is true, warrior, but you weren't alone as I watched you persevere and endure into my new places of my heart like never before. I was there all the while watching you press the new wine of my spirit. And you thought the last year would never end. You thought it would never come to a stop and you thought you would never get, never be able to rest. And the Lord says, I was there beside you. I was pressing too. But the Lord says, while you began to tread out the new wine of my heart, I began to tread on your enemies on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal levels on all the mountains. And the Lord says, I've been bottling up my wrath for those who would refuse truth. And I'm about to blow the cork on this bottle right into the devil's face. So while you are getting new wine all over your clothing, says the Lord, my clothing was being drenched with the blood of your enemies. That is why I asked you to keep pressing. As you pressed into my spirit, I pressed into the enemy to stop their onslaught against this nation. And the Lord says, but I was looking to see who would come to help my people of this nation and no one came. 
So I stepped up myself to crush the enemy in my anger to make them stagger and fall to the ground. So in your suffering, I was personally rescuing you while in my love and mercy, I was redeeming you and this nation. And the Lord says, and now as I pulled you close to my side again, based on Psalms 104.12, hidden in my robes, the Lord's saying, don't ever wander away from me again. Don't ever wander away from me again, says the Lord. Don't be like those who came out with Moses to be only to be brought back and, or go back to Egypt like a dog to its vomit. This is why so many don't make it into the higher levels of love, says the Lord, because they're always looking back when your past has been washed away. There's nothing for you there. Religion holds nothing for you. The apparatus of religion holds nothing for you but death, sterility. It doesn't hold authenticity. It doesn't hold life. It's a purposeful strategy sent in by the enemy to keep God's people bound in their minds and their thinkings, always fearing that they're going to get struck down by a holy God, that God's a mean father, or that they can't be truly who they are, flaws and all, or with sin. When Jesus said, come as you are, he meant come as you are. He didn't just you know, throw a few set of rules out there and a few scriptures out there and say, hey, you know, come and get, come, come in, come into me, come into salvation and then expect you to clean yourself up. When he called you in, he called you lovingly and he saw what you were struggling with. He knew your past. He knew the current sins that you're currently struggling with. He even knows the ones you're going to do in the future. And he loved you despite yourself. But he wants you to feel okay relating with him and okay relating with each other knowing learning how to love like he loves so that you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not anymore being ashamed and trying to always keeping up the pretense that you're okay he loves you he loves you what a load off lord said take a load off put your feet up you're in my house don't get reckless be respectful but don't be so hard on yourself because I definitely don't see you the way you see you. But that's what religion tries to keep you bound to. So people that are going back to that apparatus only feel comfortable relating with the Holy God and with others through a false pretense. They don't know how to have authentic relationships. They don't know how to accept other people, let alone themselves, flaws and all. They don't know how. So they'd rather stay in that apparatus with that critical eye, with that, with that tail-bearing spirit, with that gossiping spirit, always putting other people down so that they themselves might feel better about their own bad choices. To stay stuck, to stay dysfunctional. And that's not where God has called you. He's called us to freedom if we choose to participate. But this new group of watchmen and women, the Lord says, I have led you right into my rest and my robes to be clothed with new power from on high, which is the place of mega miracles, mega miracles. And, and, and I sensed that so strongly this morning we were talking to our teams. I had Kathy Fowler on this morning and she's a high level prophet, prophetess and highly accurate. Everything that she prophesies comes to pass. And 
I mean, the power of God showed up. It was powerful. And I mean, and God was there and he's setting alignment and everything. I mean, all week long, sincerely, all week long, God has been showing up all week long. And I, I can be even more encouraged, which brings me to Philippians 2, 19 through 3, 3. And the Lord's saying, look out. Christ is the model wearing the Calvin Klein jeans and he wears them well. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, I don't ever want to see Jesus walking away from me. I only want to see him walking towards me so I can give him away to everybody around me. I always want to see love walking towards me. So I never know. I always want to know that he's not ever leaving. But the Lord wants us to know in order to keep his presence with us, we have to stay aligned. We have to choose to stay aligned in God's ways, first of all. And we have to use Christ as the model because love never thinks about itself only. Love is always others oriented. And true love is never about the self. True love isn't. True love is sacrificial, just like Jesus on the cross. And if you're not focused on true love, then you're focused on the flesh. And we all know where the flesh gets people. The flesh always gets people into sin. It gets people into the self mindset, the I, me, my, mind mentality. What about me? What about me? As Joyce Meyer would say. But what am I, what am I going to get out of this mindset? Or if you pat my back, I'll pat yours mindset. But the Lord is saying, what about where the spirit is? Because where the spirit is, there's freedom for one. But for two, in the spirit of love, it's all about giving Christ away. Making sure we're always ready with the word in due season. Expecting nothing in return, just like he did on the cross. He didn't expect you to do anything. He didn't lay his life on, on the, down on the cross thinking you were going to jump on the cross beside him. He didn't expect that of us. He said, no, I'm going to lay it all down. I'm going to do it just for you. It's only focused on the king. Love is only focused on the king. And the Lord is asking us, I feel like today, I feel like he's asking us, do you look out for the interest of others? Or do you only look out for yourself? And the Lord's saying, be honest. I already know what's in your heart. I already know what you're going to say. Or do you have a serving attitude of Jesus Christ so that others might experience the real love of the Savior? Or are you always, always going to choose to be full of yourself instead of full of me? Full of the flesh. Because if so, this is, this is what has kept you from moving up that mountain into the more. Everybody always wants a God movement. They want the, the revival. They want uh, miracles and signs and wonders. And they're always profit, church hopping. They're, they're profit chasing. Always looking for the next latest and greatest. Instead of being warm, loyal, 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 loving, godly people. Committed like a bride would be to a bridegroom, committed somewhere. You've got to get committed somewhere if you want to grow. You've got to get planted somewhere if you want to grow. But we have to empty ourselves if we want to climb because the flesh can get heavy. It'll bog you down to where you can no longer climb. And nobody wants a piece of your flesh except the devil. That's the truth. Pound for pound. Sin for sin. He's always looking for ways to Help us destroy ourselves and to hinder our climb up our mountains. 
But the Lord's saying, I'm looking for a people group who are willing to be poured out among my people, which is a very servant-like thing to do. Always being ready with the word to encourage, to build up, to teach or deliver, to help my people get free. I'm looking for a people who will live their life for me. You know, F.B. Meyer once stated, he said, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves one above the other and that the taller I grew in Christian character would help me to reach those shelves. But now I find that those gifts are really on shelves one beneath the other and that it's not a question of growing taller but of stooping lower to serve others. I thought, wow, what a powerful statement to make for where we're at. You know, Psalm 73, 1 through 28 states that God is good. And back, let me back up before I go there. Um, I realized in past seasons that there was a season where God was calling the body to be cross-pollinated, Okay. We were being moved through various ministries and things like that to attain different mantles because that's the only way you're going to attain them. But there comes a time where God calls us to commit. Okay? And he'll tell us, stay here. Stay here for a while. And it's not going to be always easy for you to be here, wherever there is for you. But he's, he's calling us now, I believe, in this season to commit. To commit to something. Preferably him preferably in a position for a while so that he can mold and make you into himself like like love does so there's no condemnation in that but this is a different season and we're fixing to see the the power of this new season come january and so now's the time to get stationed and to get ready for love to come on the scene psalm 73 1 through 28 states god is good and it is good. What do I mean by that? Because it has to do with learning to lie down in the boat, disciple. The and part. It has to do, God is good and it is good. But the and has to do with lying down in the boat. Learning to trust him like Jesus did. Jesus was at rest in the boat. Jesus was at rest in those and places. Because in the in-between, God is good and it is good. It's the and part we have to be concerned with because a lot can happen in the and. Would you not agree? If we get stuck in the and part of life, we can lose focus on our journey. Because the and consists of our difficulties, our sorrows, our letdowns. But it's in the and part that we really attain the heart of God. In the testings, in the pressing, and the, in the places that we thought would never end. And I don't know how many of them you've had. I've had a, a, a quite a few in the last 30 years. Quite a few. To where there are some days I wished, I, and I'm not going to lie to you, I, I've gotten mad at God, probably like some of you, gotten mad. Don't talk to me. Tell them things. Don't talk to me. Go find another prophet to talk to. Don't talk to me. And then he comes back and he says, come and let us reason together. It's like, oh, be quiet. Don't talk to me. 
And then he'll draw, but you can feel this kind of, he gets sad because it's a real relationship. You get mad at your friends. I get mad at my friends sometimes. I get mad at God like you do. But if, if I didn't, I wouldn't have an authentic relationship with him. And I'm not just operating in the, oh, thou God. And, and, and not, I'm not operating in the King James version of my relationship with Jesus. I have a very real relationship with him. And then I get back and I come back into my right mind like you do, hopefully. And I repent and I, and I reason with God. But sometimes that end part of life can get pretty tough. The end part of life will eat your lunch if you let it. Because if you get stuck in the end and you get bitter, which is what Jezebel wants you to do, instead of getting better with Christ and letting him teach you how to press in the wine press, that's part of the pressing, is learning how to press through different seasons. And I'm going to get to that here in a second. But learning during the and part, sorry, I'm going to take that call and see if they went. I'm joking. But learning to press in the and part will teach us how love feels like, acts like, talks like, relates like. Teaches us to be authentic. To, let me tell you when, you, when you get things stripped off of you uh, in your generational cursings and through deliverance and things that God is wanting to strip off you, you get free, hopefully. But after a while, when you go through so many deliverances, you really get free. And you stop caring what people think. You stop wearing your false veneer of Jesus, of who you think everybody wants you to be, because you're just so tired you don't care, for one. But for two, it's because you become real. You become genuine because your heart is exposed to the Lord and you, you're having your heart molded into His. And you find out Jesus never cared what we thought. <laughs> he doesn't care what we He loves us. But, I mean, he's not trying to people-please is what I'm trying to say. He's just trying to get you into heavenliness, into a heavenly mindset. So we, start, we learn a lot about God. We learn a lot about heaven in the in-between places of testing to where we begin to understand our walks a little more. And we begin to learn to abase and abound in those hard places. Instead of always complaining and whining like a child. When I was a child, I acted as a child. But now that I've become a man or woman of God, I put away all childlike ways. Do not think God is coming back for a mature bride. That's why the deliverance has occurred. That's why he's giving you free. He doesn't want to marry a child bride. He's not a perverse God. He's coming back for a wholesome bride, a warring bride, a bride who's ready in and out of season, which takes us to the next comment. Because when we learn to abase and abound, God can then use us in the mountaintop seasons or in the valleys because we've learned to move with him no matter what season we're in. You grasp my point? No matter what season you're in, you're not looking or waiting for the shoe to drop. You're not always looking around waiting for the shoe to drop and, oh, what's the next war I'm going to be in? What's the, when's the devil going to hit me next? Who cares? God's already won the war. Who cares? God's already there. He's just trying to get you to trust him. That's all he's trying to get you to do, intercessor, front runner. That's all he's trying to do. Because if I were to live in that place, I used to, by the way, I used to live waiting for the next, like things would get calm. 
and and things would start getting good and I'm thinking, oh, I can't get used to this because I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. That's a horrible way to live instead of having joy in all things. Have you ever thought about that? It makes you tired. And people that act like that, I can only imagine how many people I drained dry. They're draining. They're needy. <laughs> you can't live their life like that. That is, that is staying and, and like shaking Jesus in the boat. You're like one of those disciples. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Wake up, wake up, wake up. You ever had those conversations with the Lord? Getting mad at God when the money doesn't come in when you think it should come in, but God is stretching your faith, so he's making you wait a little bit longer. I know they can handle this. I'm trust. I'm getting them to trust me a little bit more. Or you're praying something that you've been waiting for a long, long time, and you're like, God, is it ever going to happen? Sure it is. I'm, I'm stretching your faith, says the Lord. I'm teaching you to decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing, and teaching you to use creative faith and to walk a thing out while I teach you other concepts and parts of my kingdom in the interim in your and part. This is part of the and part too. This is all the character building that we attain while we're doing that. And so we're growing in our knowing of the Savior's heart and how it functions within our lives and how we each should function and live our walks so that others might want a portion of the honey we've been so blessed to have received. Have you ever thought about that? How, how, how very, very blessed you are. And I don't want to sound trite when I say that. I really want you to think about this for a second. How blessed. I don't want to say lucky because you're not lucky. You are blessed. You are blessed to have been given this golden opportunity that you're now walking in with Christ to have been redeemed while the rest of the world around you is going to hell in a handbasket. They don't have any help of a savior. They don't have somebody to help them in their finances. They don't have a savior to heal them when they get sick. They don't have the capability to speak a thing through the word of God, although they try through the flesh, but it doesn't go very far because it's an illegal action. It's a demonic speaking spirit speaking to that vessel if they use the word of God like that. But you have the authority through Christ because you're seated with them in heavenly places to take the word of God and to call something that's not as though it is. To walk a thing out just like Jesus did when he walked in the earth. So you have an ability to manifest heaven here in the earth so that all might know whose we are and who he is. It's not about us. Because no matter how strong our gifts are as watchmen or prophets, teachers, preachers, evangelists, or apostles, we will not ever be our gift. If you found, if you're, if you have established your identity and your gifts, you're sadly mistaken. You'll be sorely disappointed. Because one of these days, God's God will He'll He'll withhold the gift, or He'll have you as a prophet start hitting or missing the mark. You'll start missing the mark to where He'll show you who's God and who's not. We are not our gifts. That's not our identity. Our identity should be love. Jesus said to carry no other banner but love. Because we're called to be like love and loving to a very hurting world around ourselves. And it's not a waste of our time and energy to serve him when we seem to suffer or watch the, watch as the wicked prosper because in the end we win. If we don't quit and we don't give up. 
And what you define as prospering is not what God defines as prospering. See, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, and I used to struggle with this too. I used to look at the people around me and it seemed like all these people who would treat me so badly would be blessed or they would be prospering. And I watched this go on probably for about eight and a half years of my life in a certain place that I worked at. And I kept thinking, you know, God, when does the justice occur? Because it seemed like the harder I tried to show love, these people were so, God bless them, but so uh, confused about who love was. And then, because they treated me badly, I started standing up for myself, which was probably my first mistake, instead of letting God defend me. And I did end up letting God defend me in the end. But, <clears throat> I probably confused them about who love was. Sorry, i got to get some water. Because in my attempt to defend myself, you know, you get angry. You get angry about Jezebel and about its, its uh, abuse and its emotional abuse, verbal abuse. And then the Lord told me to stand down. He said, stand down. He said, I'm going to fight this battle for you. And so I began to watch, and I'm not lying. I was, it was the biggest life lesson of my life. I literally watched as God started deconstructing this platform that Jezebel had built. I mean, shattering it. And literally, people got fired. People got moved. I ended up, in the end, God, when once my assignment was up, and I learned what God taught me, or brought me there to, to teach me, I ended up getting laid off, but he told me a year ahead of time that it was going to happen. And when I left, when he had me leave, the day he told me I was, because I used to make my uh, budget like six or seven months in advance, and it was made, and I was trying to make it past September, and he said, don't make it past September 25th. And I was like, and I was like, uh, what does that mean? And I was like, I didn't hear God. I didn't know I didn't hear you right, God. He said, yeah, you did. Don't make it past September 25th. And I was like, why? Why? And he goes, because I'm moving you. And that's all he said. I was, and, and then I panicked because I was like, oh my God. Because I was also entering into, I was coming out of one test and into another. So I was learning to come off the world system and moving into love system. And that's a great place to be, man. When you stop being your own provider and you stop worrying about how you're going to make it from day to day and you learn to abase and abound, that's part of that abasing and abounding, but you're also entering into a trust test because if God's my provider and I'm a tither, which I am, then I know that God's going to provide. He, he's obligated. He says it in Malachi 3.10. He'll fill my barns up, press down, shaken together, overflowing good measure. But what I learned was that God was pressing out the wine press. He was having me press in the wine press of warring during this season while he was teaching me about learning to love in the hard places, learning to stay silent, letting God fight my battles for me. And I passed the test. And I stopped in that moment. I learned to stop expecting the other shoe to drop because I learned how to abase and abound. So that really was the whole test. I learned how to move with God through the seasons. And I wasn't always just waiting from battle to battle. That's not what it's about, man. It, living to learn in that and place is a hard thing to do. 
That's a hard thing to do. And I also watched as people who I thought were prospering, they didn't fare so well. And I'm not going to tell you about that, but they didn't come out well. I just told you a little bit about that. But our Christian definition of prospering is a type of prospering that has to be pressed out in the wine press. While we get dirty, we get tired and frustrated, which teaches us about the characteristics of a holy God because he's pressing right there alongside of us, helping us to press into him. That's what he's doing. He's teaching us to press into him. If you want more of him. If we want more of him. So we're going to wrap up with Proverbs 24, 13 through 14. And the Lord is reminding us, he's saying, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. And know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. So he's trying to teach us, even as a people group. Thank you, Lord. Golly, he's good like that. Um, this is what the whole message is for the body. And this is what I believe that even uh, Kurt Landry was talking about when he was talking about going into the unknown. We live in a really, really dark place in the world right now. We're not in the end times yet. We're, we're getting there. We're not quite there yet. Because God, I believe, God has not accomplished what he's seeking out to accomplish and what he's trying to teach people about hope. That hope always, love always believes the best about a holy God. Not to mention that love always believes the best about each other if you're operating in love. So we're coming out of, he's bringing us out of these, these, this uh, mindset that religion put us into, i.e. Jezebel's the mother of religion, by the way, also the mother of witchcraft. But this, this mindset of cynicalness, this mindset of always expecting the other shoe to drop, always expecting the worst to happen to us, because you'll have what you say if you give lip service to what your thoughts are, right? So we're learning to be disciplined not to say what's in our minds, what the devil's pummeling your mind with. We're learning to say what God says instead. So we're learning to create heaven here on the earth, which is right where God wanted us always to be. He's bringing the whole body back into love, those that will obey and trust him. But those that are demanding to go and to remain in control, God says, you are not your own God. That's breaking the first of the big ten. And, I, and the Lord's trying to tell these people that keep going backwards to Egypt, the other three people groups that Kurt Landry was talking about, he's trying to teach them, when are you going to let go and let God and quit demanding to be your own God? You've been doing it for a long time. How's that working for you? Nothing works out because as long as you demand to play God and be on God's throne, he has to draw back. He's not coming near you. You're not submitted. And so for the 15% who have, don't you dare get angry with your mindset of the have and the have nots because you've chosen not to have me, says the Lord, when I've given all my people every opportunity under the sun to serve me my way. But my ways aren't your ways. So when you demand your own way, I give you over to them. And if you keep going down that pathway, you become more and more and more degraded because of a seared conscience. You've been separated 
you've chosen to separate yourself. So we're in a season right now where God's saying, if you want to climb, I'm willing for every one of you to climb up my mountain and live alongside of me with Colossians 3, 1 through 3. But if you choose to stay at the base, then you're choosing to abide with whatever's at the base of the mountain. And you're subjected to everything that's there, usually the demonic. So with that, I, that's a thus saith the Lord too, but it just came out of my spirit. I wasn't planning on saying any of that. But praise God, man. Are you encouraged today? This is the kind of stuff that's been happening to me all week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just major prophetic operating, big, big, big time. And, and that's what we can expect during C4. We're in C4 right now, which I told you there was going to be a lot of angelic revelation going on. It happens and starts in C3, and it really crescendos in three, or excuse me, in C4 as we move into November, December. You think this is prophetic? Wait until we get into November, December. That is, I'm so looking forward to that. But we've got a lot of good things on the horizon right now. And you have a lot of good things to look forward to. But for today, I hope you're encouraged today. Hope you enjoyed the word. Um, I'm Dr. Missy Hood. I do the word, a 15-minute 15, 15 rev on Mondays and on Fridays. And during C2, we do them on, we do a, uh, what do I call it, the compass on Wednesday to kind of give you an overview of what witchcraft is hitting you with and helping you to move through the fiery part of God's heart. But now we're moving into higher things of the spirit. That's the the spiritual part of God's heart. There are four quadrants to a heart. You have four quadrants to your heart. God has four to his. And it moves to the washing, the water part, the fire part, the earth part, which represents your earth and vessels, and then into the higher things of the spirit. So we cycle through them every year. We cycle through it every year. And um, that's what Ezekiel is here to help you do, to learn how to cycle and move and move with the patterns of God. That's the only way we learn how and in and, and learning about his ways and what he's calling us to do for those new seasons. So when you track with the prophets, you're blessed. You are truly, truly blessed. And I hope you were blessed today by this word. Um, if you're looking for a church house or a team to be a part of, you have to be a front runner. You have to have the grace to be a front runner or you get pummeled with witchcraft. But consider uh, emailing us. Go to our website, ezekielswill.org. We would love to uh, vet you and uh, onboard you if you're called. We'd love to work with you. Our goal is to help clean you up, to get you free, and to get you in position, which I believe is what God is calling the whole body in for this, this season. So with that, guys, I hope you have a great weekend. If I don't catch you later today or whenever, I'll hopefully see you on Monday on a 15-minute wrap. Stay encouraged. Bye-bye.